Hello, church family. We have reached the end of our study in chapter 24 of Exodus. If you remember this whole week, we talked about how we can continue to have uh, our devotion to the Lord. We first talked about knowing God's word, and we draw that principle from the Israelites who, uh, after you know, Moses got, gets the commandment, here's what God has to say, and they committed themselves, saying that they will do all the things as according to God's word, everything, not just the things that are easy, but they commit all of God's words. And that's an application for us when we think that if we want to be faithful in our devotion to the Lord, we must always know the word of God, that through God's word, and then not just like knowledge, because that's just half of it, but you actually have to apply it into your life. And when you apply it, that's when you have full knowledge. When you when you know the truth and you live those things out, that's how that's evidence that you really understand the word of God. And that's how you keep your devotion first by knowing God's word. Then we talk about fellowshipping with the Lord. And you recall the scene is when Moses and a few of the individuals were you know, they, they encounter with a with the Lord. Somehow he manifests himself that doesn't kill them, but they but they were close and but the Lord allowed them to see his figure and he's standing on this pavement <coughs> excuse me, of sapphire. And uh and they and they saw God. They didn't die. And and you know some people argue this is a, a theophany, meaning that Christ in the Old Testament incarnating itself. Um but you see that in this they're they're eating this meal uh, as a way to have fellowship. And we talked about the future fellowship that we will have in the Lord um, and, and even things like communion as a way to remember and to look forward to that meal that we'll have with, with him. Now, as we close this week, I want to talk about how the last way for us to continue to devote and increase our devotion to the Lord is that we need to draw close to God. We need to draw close to him. Verse 12 to 18, this is when... Uh, uh, the Israelites, or rather um, Moses and a few of them, uh, were ta- were commanded to not go up. So we see in verse 12. Now, now Yahweh said to Moses, <coughs> Come up to me on the mountain and remain there, and I will give you the stone tablets and the law and the commandments which I have written for their instruction. So he gives an order about basically, like, I'm going to give you the Torah here. Uh, so there's a significant uh, uh, you know, portion of scripture here. He's going to actually get the tablets and then basically the entire Torah that we that we read today. Verse 13, so Moses arose with Joshua, his servant, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. But to the elders, he said, wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and her are with you. Whoever has a legal matter, let him appro- approach them. So this is an interesting way. This is, again, he's fulfilling at the Exodus 18, the Jethro principle. He's delegating. He's like, I'm going to be there for a while. I'm giving you these responsibilities to take care of legal matters. Because you have to understand the Israelites on the bottom of the mountain, they're just living on their life, but they're waiting on the Lord. Uh, they don't really, we'll see later on, they, they don't really understand how long it's going to take, but they're going to, they're just living life still. It's going about their life, uh, trying to be faithful. Verse, uh, Verse 15, then Moses went up to the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of Yahweh rested on the on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses from the midst of the cloud. Now, this is very interesting because this is a um, verse 16. You know, he, they basically Moses and, and Joshua were just waiting. Other, and, and, and I would imagine the only reason why God 
um, didn't kill Moses. He said, hey, you, only you can come up because, yes, Moses was actually the only one that went into the cloud, but uh, Joshua help, helped him get to that point. And again, this is not like a mountain where there's like roads, you know, it wasn't paved or anything like that. So Joshua was kind of like, the, I would imagine Joshua was like, you know, leading the way, helping him, uh, you know, make sure the rocks don't come or like a mountain goat decides to kick, want to kick Moses. They're like, okay, no, like Joshua will defend him. But when they get to the top there, um, when they get to the top, Joshua remains and then Moses goes into the midst of the cloud. And, uh, and, and in verse 17, it said, into the eyes of the sons of Israel. The appearance of the glory of God was like a consuming fire on the, on the mountaintop. Now, again, uh, one thing I just actually forgot to fail the mission about verse 16 is that when they got there, Moses actually waited for six days. This is actually the same language used for creation. It was like the sixth day and the seventh day he was able to go in. I, I don't know too much about um, why that is, but there's, is there something about like, I, at least the, the view I think I hold is that it's, it's supposed to show that there's just like a new thing, like a new creation almost. Like there's something new that is about to happen here. And Moses, uh, you know, this is, you know, like creation, everything was new. And then there's something like a reset here uh, because they're going to get the law. And then, you know, he, he goes in. And then verse 17, the Israel looks at him, they see this consuming fire. And this is a, you know, word that is uh, a description of who God is. Hebrews talks about how God, our God is a consuming fire. Verse 18, Moses entered the midst of the cloud as he went up to the mountain, and Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. And this is um, interesting because in Deuteronomy 9, 9, it gives us a little bit more information. that He wasn't he wasn't just there for 40 days and 40 nights, but he, he fasted that whole time. Now, there's always going to be some people that was like, how is it possible? How did he do it? What, uh, he he's there for forty days, for night, and you know even commentators some debate on was it literally forty days? Because in the Jewish mindset, forty actually has this idea of completion. So some people interpret that like Moses was up there um, until it was complete, um, and others hold to that it's like literal forty days. I hold to the view that it's actually forty days, um, mainly because you see this theme throughout the Old Testament where when you see forty, like you have forty days or forty nights, Jesus in the wilderness for forty days, these all. Uh, language that, that that speaks of a literal 40 days so how is it possible that the lord uh that the you know moses uh was able to be up there without without food or water i don't know <laughs> it seems impossible the lord we do know that it is the lord that sustains him the lord is the one that sustains so he draws close to the lord by going up this mountain and he's going to get the word of god now, there's this dilemma as you see this. He's consuming fire, but yet he, he wants uh, his people to go to him. Um, and that's a reality for all of us, right? Like, how can we uh, draw close to the Lord when he is this consuming fire? Like, this is a very terrifying thing to think about him. How can we have both a great love for him and at the same time uh, have a right fear of him? Uh, how can we hold his majesty and terror at the same time? And he's described in perfectly as both. He's 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 loving, and he's also someone that we need to fear. And we're called to have both of them, this balanced view. And we're called to draw close to this God. <clears throat> this seems weird for us because sometimes we are, you know, scared uh, of him. But then other times, I think people are um, take it too lightly, so they think that they have this you know cavalier attitude uh, towards the Lord. But yet, the, the Scripture commands us to draw close to Him. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 uh, says, Therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help uh, to help in the time of need. And again, this is a passage about the believer's rest in the in book of Hebrews. And, and uh, 
how you don't need to go anywhere else for your comfort. You need, you don't need to go back to Judaism. You don't need to go back to the law. You need to just go to the Lord. And the only way is through Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11 verse 6 tells us that, and without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God tr- must believe that he who that he is and that he is a reward of those who seek him see it is the believer's job to go and pursue jesus christ to look for him to to draw close to this god even though he is this consuming fire we need to go and um and and pursue him in fact that that language of consuming fire is actually uh, chapter 12 verse 29 which is that um, that our god is a consuming fire james chapter 4 verse Eight, it tells us to submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinner, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So, in this context here, James is instructing, if you are a believer, the only solution that you have, the only option you have in terms of dealing with the trials of life, because again, the book of James talks about how you can endure trials, and that's a blessing from the Lord that you can be made mature in Christ. Um, the only way to do that is to draw close to Him. So again, our natural tendency is to think of the extremes. Sometimes we are in the loving camp where we, oh, God is so loving, and then what the natural tendency of that is that we dismiss His holiness, and that would lead to a denial of yourself being holy. We deny that, okay, we don't need to worry about God's holy because everything's grace and He's loving, and we deny aspects of the Lord his holy attributes, which results in our life being filled with ungodliness. On the other hand, we could be too terrified. Um, we could be too fearful in a, in a, in a wrong way. Um, and then the result of that is that we work hard to, so that we could be perceived as holy. And what ends up happening is that people become disgruntled and there's a lack of joy as being a Christian. The mature Christian balances both of them. You understand that in your love for the Lord and also in your fear of the Lord, uh, there is that's the medium that we need to find. Uh, you can't miss one or the other or else you will go into these uh, extremes that will end up leaving you a life that's filled with misery and or even like self-deception. We need to love God. Um, and that which should produce a terror towards being away from the Lord. See that balance? We love the Lord and we are terrified of being away from him because because of our sin that you know that accumulates judgments for us uh, we don't want we don't want that we want, we love to be in close communion with him and that should and being away from him should terrify us and that's why we long we love him and we're also fearful in that way there's that balance there at the same time there's a balance if we, we strive for holiness because god is holy right the people on the, the two loving camp they think that they dismiss god's holiness and people that are too terrified they work their way they think that they work their way into heaven um, and that's again two two extremes are bad but the balance is that we need to strive for holiness because our god is holy we want to be holy and, and, we, and we draw close to him by by the fact that we uh, are more like him in that way we love the things that he loves we, we hate the things that he hates we start having some of those communicable attributes mean that we are Communal attributes are attributes that we as humans that uh, could reflect God. So we, we can be patient, we can be kind, we can be loving, we can be gentle. These are all things that um, that God that it, who you know, God is, is in His perfect form, uh, and we can uh, get glimmers of in our life through the means of sanctification. And at the same time, also like denial of sin should cause us to joyfully forsake sin, so that we can commune with God more uh, intimately. In chapter 11 of Hebrews, uh, that's what uh, Moses actually did. Uh, he forsaked 
the, the temporal pleasures of Egypt. Uh, verse, you just read uh, Hebrews 11, verse 25, verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin. See, when we choose to deny our sin because God is holy and we and that would make us more holy, uh, it will cause us to find joy in Christ because now we we delight in him more when we when we turn away from sin. Sin is often the thing that cripples us from, from experiencing and enjoying life in the way that we should. And it's, and it's a life that is centered around the Lord. This is why, as Christians, if you want to draw closely with the Lord, you need to know him more. You need to spend your time in reading and prayer, um, and you're reading again, meditating on scripture, and you do it over, and it's just the life of the Christian. We do that, and then, and by doing that, we're drawing close to the Lord. Um, so if you want to have a, a, a greater devotion to the Lord in your life, first, you need to have, you need to know God's word through reading and, reading and applying God's word. Second, you have fellowship with God, and you do that through your prayers as a means of grace, through um, uh, through things like communion, things like that. And then lastly, you draw close to the Lord. You, you go to him. You pray. You ask the Lord um, during the trials. You pray to him during the good times, the bad, whatever the circumstance. You, all, you always try to draw close to him because he is, yes, he's our God, but in, in you know, the New Testament, the gospel in particular, Jesus also tells us that he is our friend. And he's the greatest of friends. And we draw close to him, we can find joy in his life, and that will increase our devotion for him in this fallen world. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Next week, we're going to uh, do a long section. We're going to actually do chapter 25 to 31. So it's a huge portion, and um, I'm going to try to do my best to try to break this down. Um, but it's, 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 it's going to be a fun portion. I trust that it will be beneficial for you for next week. Thanks again. Take care and have a good day.